Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, this is Will. I'm just doing some last-minute amateur editing here. And it sounds like we have a bit of a buzzing issue coming from Crutzend. But after listening to it, it sounds like if your volume level is below you know, three quarters on your phone, uh, it's basically mute um, and it's not an issue. We obviously didn't want to uh, retape this because we have an awesome conversation today with uh, Coach Barry Henson. It's uh, talks like these are exactly why Crut and I started the podcast. So uh, enjoy. We will start off with a soundbite here from Coach that we will discuss later in the episode. It's the Valley, Scott. I mean, it doesn't – just because we have schools lead, nothing changes. We're the second oldest conference in the country. Second. Second only to the Big Ten. I mean, this conference was the eighth best conference in the country last year and had a team play in the Final Four. And we're not going anywhere. I mean, when you go to Springfield, Missouri, the games are going to be sold out. You go to Bloomington. You go to Terre Haute. You go to Drake. You go to Drake and it's snowing and sleeting outside and you look over and there's a bulldog in a doghouse and there's a mascot that's on your ass from start to finish and the student body. You go into Bradley, which they serve beer in the arena before you get out there. I mean, it's the most juiced up place that you ever want to go to. Loyola now, they've gone to the Final Four. They sell out the games. The whole student body's there at midcourt. You go into Valpo because they're so excited about being new in the league. I mean, it's just... Um, it's a basketball league. I mean, come on, guys. Figure it out. I mean, you know, it's not the it's not our market people. It's not our media people. It's the big market people. It's every time I get on the a coach's show or radio with St. Louis or Chicago or Dallas, shoot, New York, every once in a while they'll call. And, you know, we'll talk about it. I mean, I mean good gracious, start talking about the Valley. Why not? Okay, I got a little fired up there. Sorry. I mean, that's typical me. You knew what you were doing. What is up, everybody? We are on episode six. Man, time has flown by. Bears, three and two, coming off a big win. Colts, not so much. Well, what is up? Yeah, with the Colts, I'm uh, starting to feel a little bit, man. Last week, uh, I said I'd, I'd take what the or two weeks ago I said take the zero and three Colts versus the the one and two Bears. Yeah, that's I mean, I'm still feeling. Oh come on! But as far as an entertainment value, yeah, the Colts looked way better than the freaking Bears. Um, your defense was great, but. Yeah, yeah, last I night. Had, I had a lot of people say that, like, oh, this game is so boring, but hey, win is a win. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That That's that's the number one value. But, no, so we're recording this on Tuesday. And, yeah, last night, Monday Night Football, that was one of the most painful games I've ever watched in my life. I mean, like, I love Rod the kicker. He's been so consistent. I got him on my fantasy team this year. He's been pretty good. Oh, I think he was the best. Fantasy kicker last year, or he's up there. But yeah, they they said he had a hip issue. They ran Rigoberto Sanchez out there, the punter. He has a great leg. 
I don't know why he was not given a, another chance. Who knows? But kickers just had a bad week. It was one of the worst weeks in history for kickers. Yeah, yeah. That, that I watched that Bengals game, Packers, Bengals. Gosh, we needed we needed the Bengals to come out there, miss after miss after miss. Well, yeah, we can get. In, I we'll we'll get in the Packers in a little bit. Obviously, we, we meet our friend Aaron Rodgers at the end of this week. But uh, let's go. Let's go back to Bears. Like, like, what did you think? No, I think uh, I think after week one against the Rams. A lot of people were pretty pretty critical of defense, myself included. Uh, and uh, all they've done is just come back and answer. Uh, I feel like every week, I mean, I, I felt like this was one of our best defensive games. We were physical. I mean, I, even after the game, I, I think uh, Gruden, who obviously Bears ran him out of town, uh, but um, <laughs> you know, he said, "Yeah, the Bears are so are so physical." And, it was true. I mean, Roquan Smith, he's flying around, flying to the ball. He's a, he's a hard hitter, I think. Um, I think they, the first drive they had, I was like, they were kind of running on us a lot. Josh Jacobs kind of got going a little bit. And I was like, because we played the Raiders two years ago. In London. Um, in London. And all they did was run, run, run. Big, big heavy sets. And, uh, yeah, so I figured maybe they'd, they'd try to do that again this year. And um, that first drive, they were looking good. And then they, they kind of got to the red zone and got halted. So we were definitely bent on break yesterday. I think the pass rush is coming on. I think a lot of people um, have been pretty critical of, of uh, Robert Quinn. He's obviously having a great year. I mean, even last year, people were pretty critical of Mac as far as, you know, he's not making big plays and stuff. I mean, he had sack. He, he was great in the run game. and. The pressure, you can tell. The conversion was huge, man. Yeah. It was huge to, to make yes. it a touchdown game. So um, he's back to himself, baby. It's great to see. It's great to see. You could definitely tell uh, he has some uh, some bad feelings with the Raiders. You can see in his eyes just consistent just pressures. He was a bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's kind of hurt. I, I've, I've seen some stuff on Twitter that he's – Got like a, a little foot injury, so he's been battling through that. So that's, I mean, obviously he, he, he's the type of player he is because he's, he's tough and a warrior. So always great to have Mac on your side. Mm-hmm. So, and then also the, the, the offense. What do you got? The, there was the scare with Justin Fields. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's great. I mean, that shot that he took to the back to like the kidney, kind of. Dude, I, I was like, oh man. That was helmet to to get me. And Abram is is a, is a pretty big time hitter, so we're yeah. gonna come back in and, and keep playing stuff. Dalton Dalton came in, big third down conversion for Dalton. Uh-huh. I think he's one for one. Good so, for him. Um, the running game was great too. I mean, we we, we played really well. Um, just didn't put up like a ton of points, which is which is fine. That's Bears football, you know. We're not this high scoring football team, but. Um, the run game was great. I mean, Montgomery, um, obviously out, but Herbert and Williams. All right, correct. Well, uh, cut you off there. We uh, we had a guest join us mid uh, mid Bears. Mid Bears, but part two, part two of Bears. 
you were you were talking about uh, the run game, you know, oh, yeah, no Montgomery, yeah. but uh, you know Herbert and Williams. I mean, Williams is looking like his uh, Super Bowl itself a little bit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the offensive line was was great. Um, just pulling dudes over. We went a lot of with a lot of sets with like a, a, a sixth lineman on the field. You know, a lot of times I mm-hmm. kept hearing the ref number sixty eight is reported as eligible. Like, I like it. I like it. Um, just bring in six maulers and just get the job done. So it was good. It was a good game. Uh, it was good to see the defense dominate. It was good to see the you know offense kind of do their thing a little bit. Put up a little bit of points. Like some more scoring, but can't you can't have it all as a Bears fan. Got to got to sacrifice something. So, but you mentioned it earlier this week is Packer Week, man. It's a big week for us. Um, win this game, we're tied for first. Packers didn't. Didn't look that good last week against the Bengals. It kind of scraped by. So hopefully, you know, we, we can get them this week. And it's always it's always a little extra, a little extra when you play the Packers. Yeah, I know you guys got them at home. Um, also, I don't think Bakhtiari's back yet. So no, we're gonna wreak havoc. Man, you need, you need to. I don't, don't, I don't know what's going on with Hicks. Uh, I think he's out right now. Um, but once we get him back, I mean, we've been playing well about him. But obviously, mm-hmm. Hicks is good for one one roughing the passer call a game. Which, which well, Roquan's picking up the the pace for him. Oh, that was that was a bullshit penalty. I think. I mean, did he not, did he not have two? Or no, was it unnecessary roughness? Or, or okay, unnecessary yeah, yeah. roughness. But um, yeah. it's always good, you know. I don't mind that for Hicks. He gets. Just let the quarterback know, hey, I'm right here. I'm here for you. I'm here. He's only going to get one. He, I think he knows that. Like, he's going to get one, you know, and I'm just going to do it. And uh, let the quarterback feel me a little bit. So, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, Packers, Bears, best rivalry in, in, in NFL football. Can't tell me otherwise. The oldest rivalry. So, um, I've been a part of some pretty sad Packers-Bears games. Obviously, we talked about that, that first one. 2018, but man, just looking forward to it. Is, is it just at noon, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. We'll we'll get the instant reaction no matter what. Noah, just tell yourself right now you're not, you're not gonna be able to to stay off for another day. I want I want the the oh, fresh. Oh yeah, I mean the game ended at 1 a.m. against the Raiders. Obviously, I had to go to bed. No, no, the week before, or who was it that you? Oh uh, uh, yeah, when we lost when we lost to. Too. This is this is bad. I'm a, I'm check. Um, the, the Browns just getting demolished oh, by the yeah, Browns. I had to take a little break. I did. Yeah, that was a bad game, but hey, we're past that. So, all right. So, no matter what Aaron Rodgers does, you got to speak on it Sunday at. What, 10 your time? 10, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, that's fine. We're going to win, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Have the have the Bears beaten the Packers in your time since yeah, 2018, the second game of the year, the second time we played them at home, we, we beat them. I think Eddie Jackson had the interception in the end zone Okay. to, to seal the game. Or someone had an interception. It might have been someone else. But. So 2018 was the last time. You guys beat yeah, them. yeah. All right. Hey, 
nothing like the, the now. We're going to get it done. I guess they have gone to two NFC championships in that time, right? So it's not not crazy. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. I definitely I'm looking forward to the Colts game next week, baby. Woo! Yeah. Well, uh, who is it? Is it the Texans? Yeah. Should be oh, that'd be a good one. <laughs> need that. Need that. All right. Well, uh, that's that's good for Bears. Good luck this week. All right, so for blurs, Troy, I don't know if you saw, but we uh, we had our open scrimmage slash uh, open practice for the season ticket holders, and a couple families came up. Um, so that was good. A you know, Always a classic event. That was the first time there were people watching basketball being played in Genteel, you know, like a, a group like that in the stands since twenty night or you know early twenty twenty. So. So that was that was nice. It was good to see, and you know, some of the guys, you know, had some eyes on them outside of the basketball community. Yeah. Uh, in a Loyola basketball practice uniform. Uh, so I guess I'll just share for those that that weren't there. Uh, people were making shots, uh, <laughs> that's but uh, good. that's not our. That's not always a great thing when you're playing yourself. Um, so what we did, Crut, is we played. Tw- uh, First half, and then the first eight minutes of second half, the twelve-minute media, and then did, did one of those Elam endings. Oh, so the team that was up had sixty-three at the twelve-minute mark, Ooh. and we made the uh, the score seventy-three. So, and they got to seventy-three definitely before the eight-minute media. How many? How many did we give up last year per game? We averaged, I think, by the end of the year, like 56 and a half. 56, wow. Before the tournament. So. Yeah, but that's, so, yeah. Always, that's always how it goes. I mean, like, as, as far as, like, in the preseason, your defense isn't, isn't mm-hmm. where, where it should be. And neither, it shouldn't even be there. I mean, I guess you guys got a lot of veteran guys and stuff, but um, just takes time. Just takes time. I mean, I can remember... We played Wisconsin, and we gave up whatever it was, 80 or something like that. I remember Coach on the bus was like, you know, it's, it's a process, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, And plus, when you're playing your own team, they know everything that hurts. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. So. So, so we discussed that a little bit, but obviously we, we got to be critical. It was a good little reality check. Um, like there are some multiple lapses in transition D, which that shouldn't matter. Yeah. Whether you're playing your guys or not. Um, but, yeah, so, nonetheless, it was it was good. You know, people were hitting freaking shots. We There were a lot of open threes, which, again, that's something you try to stay away from. But, uh, yeah. defensively. But, but yeah, that, that, I mean, that was good to see a lot of guys play well. Um, and then also, like, people asked there, so I guess I'll just share what Coach said. Demisi and T.Y. Uh, both didn't play, but they just have minor – Lower foot injuries, and I, yeah, I saw. I saw uh, somebody. Somebody was there and tweeted it out. Yeah. Probably, okay. Whatever, but he was. Ty uh, was in a boot or something like that. Yeah. Ty Ty rolled his ankle just the day before, and so you know to not have a serious injury at this point, I'm knocking on wood hard. Uh, is is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, Corey, our athletic trainer, who's 
the goat, by the way, hopefully he's listening to this. He likes to he likes to take precautions measures, you know. I mean, oh, so yeah, definitely. I think I I had a little ankle sprain. He put me in the boot and I was walking around campus. And mm-hmm. I was like, Are you gonna play? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so so, so that was good. I guess uh, we can get to uh, the guest that we have on today. Just again, yeah. Um, Coach Henson, you know, we know him as the the SIU Southern Illinois uh, head coach, and uh, I I think my, I remember him, of course, of that press conference. When he was at uh, Murray State, which we didn't really get into that with him, uh, you know, I, I've seen him talk about that. But uh, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people probably might have had like the wrong takeaways from that, but he's saying like a lot of stuff that you should be held accountable for. And I, I think I think afterwards he like he talked about um, you know he should have singled out a single guy. Um, but I mean, it, it's just like you know some of the analogies he has. And you can see that he's clearly, you know, so passionate about basketball. And, you know, as we will get in, in the episode with the Valley. Self-proclaimed um, Yoda. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about, talk about Star Wars with him. But um, I guess you uh, you went 3-1 and one against Coach Henson? Yeah, yeah. Um, they caught us. Your freshman year, my sophomore year at home in in Carbondale, they got us. Uh, that was a good game. I had to wear a mask. I remember when I had, broke my nose, I had to wear yeah. a mask. That was fun. Um, yeah, my freshman year, we played them. We played them pretty well. We always had a pretty good scouting report, um, good game plan, and then uh, we're just, we're just it was always a good it was always a good game when we played them. Not Are you aware they came in second in the valley your freshman year? Yeah, no, they were good. I know. They were really they good. Didn't, they didn't get into the NIT, and they oh, came second in the Valley to a Final Four team. Yeah, they they were uh, they were solid. They they always had a good scouting report against us, kind of forced us to play a little little bit into our weaknesses mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, I think we won we won the league at Southern my freshman year. That was a good game. That was, yeah. that was a really good game. Um, like every time I played Southern, it was like pack the house night. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pack the house night or whatever. So um, they always had good crowds. Always a great, always a always a good environment there. Their gym is is, is pretty good. So um, yeah, yeah. No, for how big the arena is, uh, it is it is impressive every time we've been there. That they they do they, a good they, job they, packing it, honestly. It's not like – I mean, they, they have a good amount of fans every time you go. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. It's not yeah. like it's empty in there. They obviously have some great history too. I don't think the Valley promotes enough. Freaking Walt, Walt Frazier played there. Yeah, yeah. Every time you go there, you kind of remember, oh, shit, there he is up in the, up in the yeah. back, Walt Frazier. I wonder how many guys on the team, this loyalty team, know who Walt Frazier is. Next time you're there, let them ask him, hey, who's Walt Frazier? All right, I'm a. I'd, I'd set the line for that at five and a half. Five and a half. Now that don't know or that that don't know. That at I, I bet 
Four and a half people could tell me he played for the Knicks. Yeah, right. Was a Knicks that's, legend. That's how I was going to measure it too. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. And then that. like maybe maybe four to seven have heard of the name of, of Walt Frazier. That, okay. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will I will inquire I will inquire when we, when we go to Carbondale this year. Yeah. But, um, well, I guess I guess uh, another. In other loyal news, I'd like to uh, I'd like to make the claim on this podcast that uh, this this loyal basketball team is a Ted Lasso team. Oh, we yeah. Just yeah. just concluded season two. Have you finished it? Yes, I finished. I finished. Uh, what? Every Friday I watch it. Every yeah. Friday. Yeah. No, we we had a good run with that. I mean, you know, this season really we've uh, just let, put it out. Ted Lasso Club Friday. Friday night. We just started that show over quarantine, and we had, you know, when we got back, and we had a quarantine for like two or whatever. Yeah, it's a great show, man. It's a great show. It's, I like it. It's an awesome show. What did you think about this season? Uh, it was it was great. I mean, I know, you know, there there's obviously some some serious character development, but uh, it, it, this this year it got like way more serious. Yeah. Which I like. Which I like. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's not like just all comedy. They they definitely throw in some like some societal like you know qualms and and, and kind of discuss some some serious stuff like in in that in an interesting manner for sure. So that's another great layer to it. And we both like soccer. Like it's kind of I like it how it's kind of fiction, but also yeah. like they throw in a bunch of real stuff. And I just I saw on Twitter uh, maybe a week or two ago or a couple days. Um, that they Apple's got like a an agreement with, with mm-hmm. the Premier League now for next season to like use teams, use uh, all types of stuff. So that'll be that'll yeah. be cool. really yeah. immersed. Probably some stuff. some players and stuff too. Right, right, right. So all right, yeah, it's, it's good. I love well, that. I, I would just like Ram Ram Nation to know that that uh you know we're in good hands. We, you know we we've listened to a lot of Ted Lasso. So yes. yeah. all right. Uh, well, well, that's good for Belarus, I guess. All right. All right. So for Belgium, sadly, Kretti have not played since we last talked. Um, yeah, the game got canceled because because uh, Brussels came down with COVID. So we're supposed to play Friday, but uh, we didn't. So just been practicing. Um, it's, it's sometimes good to. I think we mentioned last week that my game got canceled. Maybe not, but. Um, Sometimes it's good to just get a couple practices under your belt, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially for me, those the last last game foul troubles didn't really play as, as well as I wanted to. So get back in practice, kind of get back in the swing of things is, is always good. Um, but yeah, so we got a game tomorrow. Well, this is today's Tuesday. We, we play Wednesday. Um, first first game of the FIBA Euro Cup. Um, so. Yeah, play a team from Portugal, Sporting CP. They're from Lisbon. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good. We play. So there's like two arenas um, here in Antwerp. There's Lotto Arena, which is our which is our home arena, and it's connected to they call it the Sport Palace, um, and that's it's like one of the largest indoor venues in Europe. It's like twenty something thousand or seventeen or twenty thousand um, people. And we're actually playing in there uh, tomorrow because Lotto Arena, like there's a lot of concerts that happen um, in 
and stuff in, in, in Antwerp. So I think a lot of arenas being booked for, for a concert. So we're actually mm-hmm. playing in, in the Sport Palace, which is, which is kind of cool. We practiced in there today. It was huge, massive. All right. The Lumineers. The Lumineers are coming to, to Antwerp. You got to go see him, man. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like, some big names come come here. Like, uh, Kendrick Lamar has been to, to the Sport Palace. I think Drake was there. Um, Kanye. So, it, 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 maybe, maybe I think there were some rumors that Ed Sheeran might be coming um, in, in the next year or two. So, maybe I'll have to check, check that out. So, definitely looking forward to that. that All right, so... With uh, with that, first of all, you know who's from Sporting CP? I got their start there. Who's well, like the most, who's the most famous Portuguese man on earth right now? Cristiano Ronaldo started at Sporting CP. Uh-huh. Um, and then also with that, like with the COVID stuff, are, have they talked to you guys about like when you go to Portugal or when you go to uh, yeah, to Greece? What yeah, what you have to do? Sure. I'm not sure about that. Like um, every so before this game, because it's like international uh, competition, like you got to show your proof of vaccination and stuff. Um, but we haven't really talked about you know going there and coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, every country gets like a color, you know, a green, red, orange, whatever, based on their COVID thing, COVID situation. So um, I, if, if it's like a green. You don't really have you don't have to quarantine it, even if it's an orange. I don't think you do, but if it's like a red, then, then you do. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see when we come to that. I think we can go to Athens or something um, in, the, in the next couple weeks. So we'll, we'll see what, what that's about. But I'm excited to go there for sure. A lot of history there. So yeah, that, <laughs> a lot of history. Um, a lot of history. I don't know if I'll be able to get to it all. Okay, so. Outside of basketball, what's uh, what's going on in Belgium, man? How are you? Well, you know, the leaves are starting to change. It's coming fall, right? It's coming fall. Great time of the year. Great time of the year. Halloween, you know, at our doorstep. Not not really, like, super celebrated like it is in America here. But, like, what's one thing that's, like, synonymous with fall? One food. A dessert item in particular. Oh, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Yeah. And I find a pumpkin pie in this town. <laughs> at least at least from my searchings. So I'm gonna have to resort to making it myself, which is I've never made a pumpkin pie before, so I, at first I need to find the ingredients. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's be tough when everything's in Dutch, you know. Well, are there, are there, as a starter, are there pumpkins everywhere? Or? No, pumpkins are not as popular, like, here. Um, like, a nice, big pumpkin to, like, carve. Like, so, me and, me and Jess wanted to, like, carve pumpkins or something, just for something fun to do. It's kind of tough to find, like, a nice, big pumpkin to carve. Um, they actually don't exist. I have yet to see one. Are there, are there, like, dwarves, you know? Do you see small pumpkins around? Gourds. The gourds? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I see. You can't carve a gourd. That's that's so European. You cannot do you, gourds. You can't carve a gourd. Um, funny. So, yeah, I, I just, yeah. It, it falls such a great time, you know. 
Like we were looking up oh, words like the pumpkin patch or something don't exist. So um, I think we found one that was in like Germany, like you know, eight hours away or something. Like that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of something that you kind of miss out at home. Like there's always there's a great pumpkin patch, uh, Gobers by my house. Shout out to, to all my Illinoisans. Um, great place. Is that the right term? Illinois? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Illinois folk. Um, it's, it's great. It's like great time. Go with the family. Pick out a, a pumpkin. They got some good, some good apple cider there and stuff. So um, definitely missing out on that. But um, the weather, the weather is kind of the same. Like maybe we had Sunday off. Oh, it's gorgeous. It was like a gorgeous fall day. Fifty degrees, fifty-five degrees. Sunny, um, it, it was super nice. Another thing is like, so like in that weather, what, what do I wear? I just wear like a t-shirt, you know? Because it's not, it's not, okay, it wasn't 55, it was like 60, 64. 64 and sunny, like you wear, for me, you know how I am with the cold, like I'm not gonna wear anything but a t-shirt and pants. And like in the sun, it, you're warm, but like, People here in Belgium, winter coats. Winter coats. That's ridiculous. As people have like full winter coats on, layers in 64 degrees. Like it's it's uh, I, I just passed me. I'm like, how are you not just sweating right now? <laughs> um, so that was that's a little bit of a difference. Um, I wonder. I, I don't know how cold it gets here. So it, it, I, they. From what I hear, it's not like super, super cold. It's okay. like Chicago, like really, really, really cold. So, but other than that, you've been to a pumpkin patch at all? I've I've not had the time to make out uh, a pumpkin patch. For one, there's just the mode of transportation. Yeah, yeah. True. we we rely on Lucas and Marquise for cars, and that's about it. Um. But no, I, I'm not. I don't. I haven't made it to a pumpkin patch in, there's in, in the world. I'm sure there's a pumpkin patch up in Edmonton. You can take the hell too. I, I've I've seen stuff on Instagram, but uh, no, I've never really had the uh, yeah the motivate or you know I, I enjoy it. You know, back in Indiana for sure, like corn maze and stuff. Oh yeah, Indiana corn maze, baby. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just just quite like Indiana. <laughs> Yeah, no. I have uh, I have not been out to a pumpkin patch though. All right, so so other than your I think Lucas and I, which you know, Halloween is right before our season, but Lucas and I, I think are going to be Peaky Blinders. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I wish I could come home and just be Arthur. Arthur Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The 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 kind of weird that I just watched you know British shows right now, but uh, I guess Jason Sudeikis isn't really an example. New season's coming out. It's February, February twenty twenty two. Maybe it comes out earlier in Europe though. Yeah. But yeah, so Belgium, Belgium's been just a little slow just because we haven't really played. Just kind of practicing, grinding, uh, got a couple lifts in, which is good. And 
Yeah, so trying to find a pumpkin is Antwerp. So if, right. if anyone from Antwerp is listening to this and knows where you can find said pumpkin that's big enough for carving, let me know. All right. Do your job, Internet. Do your thing. Find, find a pumpkin. All right, so I guess that's good for Belgium. Coming up, interview of the year. Not gonna. Not gonna have a better conversation with anyone in the history of this podcast going forward. Like this, yeah, it's not gonna get better than this. Just some of the one-liners. I, I want to like just clip out those one-liners and just you know for different situations in my life, just just play, just play it. You know. All right. Well, sounds good. Now up, Coach Barry Henson. All right, everyone, uh, we now welcome on um, a very special guest, Coach Barry Henson. He's had head coaching stops at Oral Roberts, Missouri State, and most recently, Southern Illinois. Uh, he also worked with Bill Self at Oral Roberts in Kansas, including the 2011-2012 National Runner-Up team. Uh, he's currently an analyst with Mike Boynton-Staff uh, as alma mater, Oklahoma State. And uh, if people didn't know, he's the fourth winningest all-time coach in the Valley with 155 wins in conference um, in his nine years at Missouri State and seven with at SIU. And uh, if you don't follow him, you got to. We'll talk about this a little bit uh, at Coach B. Henson on Twitter. He he's, has some great tweets. Um, well, Coach, welcome on. And I guess uh, to get started, like, can you share with us like, you know, what your, your, your role is and your experiences uh, back at Oklahoma State? Well, the experience has been great because I've been home and uh, experiences because I get to see this other guy on the screen when you play in the NCAA tournament, stuff like that. I ran into him in the hallway in Indianapolis in the hotel. It looked like a Great Dane and a Chihuahua rocking beside each other. But, uh, oh, <laughs> but I, uh, it's great to be home. It's great to be home. This is where I went to school. Uh, this is my home state. Uh, it's so good that we were able to convince a guy from Chicago to take the job just down south from us. So uh, we know how nice it is because uh, we were able to get Porter to come down here to Oklahoma because it's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Moses following you around. Well, I don't know if it's him or if it's me because he makes a lot more money now. So when it comes time to trick-or-treat, I'm going to his house. He ain't coming to mine. Yeah, he's giving out the king sizes. The king sizes. <laughs> We give out toothbrushes at my house. It ain't the most popular. <laughs> but I tell you guys what, what uh, in all honesty, I guess my role, to put it in layman's terms for the Star Wars people, uh, I'm Yoda. And uh, I'm just the old guy. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm a little bit taller than Yoda, but not much. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm the old guy on staff and I absolutely love it. You know, you finally get to a point in your career sometimes when you know you're not going to be a head coach, don't want to be a head coach, and you'd really like to give back as much as you can, not only to the student athletes, but the other assistants, the head coach. Uh, coach Boynton, our head coach, is younger than my youngest daughter. And uh, it's really nice uh, to be around him each and every day. And then, of course, with these other staff members, these guys all want to be head coaches. So it gives me an opportunity to help them as much as I can. And the most rewarding thing of all, as you guys know, is being around the players every day because it keeps you young. For sure, for sure. 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, uh, Oklahoma State, you guys were in the tournament last year down in the bubble. Um, Kate Cunningham, number one pick this year. Kind of talk a little bit just about what you've seen from, obviously, everyone watches the games, right? And, and, you know, making great plays and things like that. But some of being a great player is how you play in practice, how you carry yourself in practice. So talk a little bit just about what you what you watch from him during practices and well, Cam, and both you guys, I, I think you know this, uh, and, and Will can attest to this as well, but it's not so much what happens on the practice floor. It's what encompasses 24 hours, 24 or 24-7, seven days a week. And the great thing about Cade is he was the same guy that he was on TV that he was out in the, in the community. Now, it was a little bit skewed last year because of the pandemic and COVID regulations and all that, but you cannot fathom – how he was around little ones, the elderly, uh, young people, college students, everybody wanted his autograph. Never once saw him turn down an autograph. Uh, never once saw him be disrespectful. Never once saw him miss a meeting, be late, on time to class, everything that we did. So it's amazing when we look at those who are special that we look back and we see the self-discipline that they all possess. You guys witnessed that a few years back when you went to the Final Four because you had a special group and you saw that. Uh, guys like Ben, each and every day, were taking care of their responsibilities and doing what they were supposed to do, and uh, it just makes for a special time. For sure. Yeah, it definitely seems, um, obviously I don't know, but he just seems kind of like you said, that humble guy, kind of hungry, um, not very full of himself, that type of vibe. And that, those, are, those are the best type of players for sure. Well, yeah. it's always nice to coach guys that, that aren't full of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's those are the best kind. Yeah. You definitely see his like demeanor uh, on the court. That, like that's uh, just a, a great quality he has as well, and probably explains some stuff how he is as a person off the court. Um, well, I, I think one of the things that you know, it, and it's funny that Porter has ended up at, at University of Oklahoma, but we really didn't see you know the light. It, uh, there's always a point in time when you see the light bulb come on with a player. And when we played at Norman last year and he gets 40, uh, there was a point in time in the game when everybody in the facility, players, janitors, concession stand workers, cheer band, they knew who was going to take the shot, who was going to have the ball in his hands, and there was nothing that anybody could do about it. Mm -hmm. And we knew at that time, you know what, this is probably the best player in the country right now. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Coach, um, you know, now you got a little little inside scouting report on Oklahoma. I'm sure they'll do some different stuff than we did at Loyola, but um, maybe talk a little bit about that. You got kind of a, a familiar face now in the uh, Big Twelve, and and uh, just just kind of your battles. I mean, we had some great battles um, with you guys when I was when I was playing. Um, I think you guys got us at at at, uh, at the dog pound once. You guys you guys gave it to us pretty good. I, I remember that game so. In our last meeting. You got us in our last meeting. Yeah, we played, uh, of all things, uh, I looked this up last night. We've played 21 times, Porter and I have. Oh. And uh, so we played against each other, coached against each other for 21 times. And, uh, you, know, it, uh, you know, Porter's got a lot of transformer in him. And he's changed over the years. And the one thing that after Illinois State, I think his time period with Rick Majerus was a huge deal. It was absolutely huge, and it really changed his coaching career in a lot of ways and his coaching philosophy. And I think one of the things that uh, you guys did so well at Loyola was he was very skill-oriented 
in his recruiting process. Everybody could shoot, pass, or dribble. And, you know, we used to tell people all the time, especially when we got ready to play the UCAM, we talked about, you know, this is a point guard that's playing in the five spot. And uh, I said, this is the guy that when you go down to the YMCA that's uh, 63 years old and he's got a four-inch vertical that kicks your ass. That's the guy that we're going to play against today. And, and you, consequently, you did that. I mean, I don't ever remember you dunking against us. I think you got your hand caught in that a couple of times. Yeah, no, I don't think I remember that. Many, many dunks ever. But, uh, no, thanks for the kind words. It's crazy because, um, you know, I was recruited by you. Um, you know, we, we, we talked on the phone a couple of times, and uh, I remember Coach Autry, who, who, who was one of your assistants, we, we talked and everything. It's just kind of crazy how, how everything works out and come, coming back full circle. Um, I think I made a good choice in going to Loyola, but, um, you know, like I said, we, we played each other a bunch, and, and it was always competitive when we played you guys. Well, and I think the thing is, and we talked about it, 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 you bring up the phone calls, and one of the conversations we had on the phone, you and I, and I specifically remember it, is if you're not going to be comfortable away from home, then you don't need to come here. And, right. you know, the, one of the things you do in recruiting is you have to be honest with student athletes and their families. And we knew all the time, and we just had a great feeling that you did not want to get far from home and that we felt like that was the best choice for you. And I remember specifically, if you don't think this is the place, you don't need to come here. And uh, you did make the right choice. And you not only picked a a great university to receive a degree from, you played for an outstanding coach, and you were around a a group of people uh, on a campus that absolutely changed uh, really changed the entire route and journey for Loyola University. Yeah, I mean, ever since we kind of got into Valley, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the Valley now. You, you yourself are, I mean, you're, you're the Valley's biggest advocate. Obviously, the it's the Valley, Scott, the the, uh, the interview and stuff. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we would we would say that. Like, when, uh, it's crazy. Like when a, when a team would beat a team that's not supposed to, we would always be like, hey. It's the Valley, you know, and everyone kind of does that. So um, you really are kind of a legend, like, in the Valley. And, and a lot of people, not only for, for your coaching, but for your press conferences, for, for – I'm telling you, I used to – you know how they had that Valley media uh, telecom call every every week? I would just listen to yours. Just, just, just see, like, get some good one-liners or something. Because, um, that stuff was great. That's great stuff. Well – you know, one of the things, guys, and, and you, we, we figure this out as we get older, but you know, let's take, for example, in the last year and a half, I've lost my mother, my father, and my father-in-law died of COVID, and life's too short. It's just too short. And, uh, you know, Will, you brought up the, the Twitter, and as a head coach, you can't, you really can't be that way as a head coach uh, because fans start calling you out in the thinking you're not trying to be serious enough or this or that. And, right. But I decided when I knew I wasn't going to be a head coach anymore, my whole deal is with Twitter, life, period, engaging people, I'm going to have fun. And we're going to laugh and we're going to smile because life's too short. And if, if we've right. ever figured that out, we really figured that out last year in the year of the pandemic. And uh, I'm just going to wake up every day and do the very best job I can to make people around me have a better day, or at least bring a smile to their face. For sure, for sure. With those tweets, are, are they true? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, when you guys get married, you're going to figure that stuff out. <laughs> For the listeners right now, you guys got to go on Barry's, Barry's coach's Twitter and just, just scroll down and read a bunch of them. They're great. They're great. <laughs> The, the, is your wife on Twitter? Is she uh, is she aware of of all these, or does she hear from other people about what's going on? You know, she hears from other people. My daughters follow me, but uh, no, she doesn't follow me much because she's tired of putting up with all that. So uh, <laughs> he just, uh, you know, we've been married forty years, and uh, uh, I tell you what, it's amazing that I have put up with her ass for forty years. <laughs> she's the luckiest woman on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys believe that, I got an apartment I want to sell you in Chicago. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Belmont, Murray State, well, Murray State not yet, but Belmont uh, just got recently added to the Valley. Um, any thoughts on that or, or anything like that? Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think, uh, you know, you've got another university similar to Loyola, a private university, a great market area in Nashville. Uh, I do think uh, the Murray State makes more sense than Texas Arlington. Uh, I, I think uh, the higher Bs, they all talk about, we want that Dallas market. Well, there's not going to be a Dallas market for the Missouri Valley. You can say that until you're blue in the face. You're not going to be able to create one. Uh, I don't agree with the UT Arlington ad. I think Murray State would be a natural ad. Uh, it's going to be a while, guys. It's, it's hard, and this is a compliment to these two universities, uh, for the last – a few years they've been trying to replace Wichita Strait and Creighton, and that's not going to happen overnight. And the one thing that I do like of adding those teams is that at the mid-major level right now, it's hard to find good non-conference games that are played at your venue unless you play in an MTE. The odds are you're not going to have the luxury to play a Power 5. So if you're not going to get that luxury – then why not make your conference as good as possible and make the conference games more? Instead of 18 conference games, let's play 20 conference games. Right. Maybe play 22, and let's get away from that being bought to play everywhere. Mm-hmm. I realize some schools have to in order for their budget, but let's try to keep that to two schools to where you're being playing a guarantee game, and the rest of them, you know, maybe get you a couple more games here and there, and then the rest play conference games. But you see what the Big Ten's done and how they've increased their conference games. I, I don't think there's any reason why the Valley can't do that. But you know what, guys? I'm not the commissioner, and even though I'm the fourth time all-winning as coach there, they're not dialing my number to ask him for advice. So uh, it's just this podcast being broadcast in Chicago and Belgium. We're going to get the voice out to the people. Yeah. Yeah, no, like you said, it, it's – I mean, even at my time in Loyola, like – Coach would, would come down and say, hey, we're, we're doing all we can to try to schedule anybody that will play us. You know, it's tough to find games, especially um, when, you, when you were as successful as us. And no one wants to play you at in Genteel Arena. You know, we played Vanderbilt in, uh, in Phoenix. We played Vanderbilt in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, they, they didn't want to come to us, and we would have came to them, you know. But it's just tough. And, and then, like, as a mid-major to make the tournament just, you know, you think about Arch Madness, right? Um, my freshman year, first round game, we played you and I, and they, they were tough. Um, you know, I, I think we were the one, and they were the they were the eight or whatever. We won by two points. You know, we miss a, a shot or two, they make a shot or two. That whole that whole final four is we, we don't make the tournament, so it, it's tough as mid major. So I really like that they're adding you know 
hopefully now that Valley can be a, a two, a legit, I mean, last year it was two bids, you know, us and Drake, but hopefully, you know, that can continue to grow and turn into, you know, two or three bids. Yeah, I would like for it. I think the days, uh, you know, in uh, 2006, when we had our best, uh, our best run, you know, we had uh, five teams go to postseason play, us being the fifth, uh, going to the, uh, to the Elite Eight of the uh, NIT, and we lost at Louisville. But we had, at that time, we had a four-bid league. And uh, I think those days are over uh, right. because, like I said, you're not, it's hard to replace Wichita State and Creighton. But at the same time, you guys bring up a good point. I, I think two is probably the best goal that you could have to be a multi-bid league. I think it's really hard right now, yeah. uh, especially with what's going on now with conferences and the realignment and we're everyone, not done yet. Every, uh, every, everyone is trying to, to, to everybody, get you know, you're going to see, well, uh, let's say if you lose Belmont and Murray state in the OVC, the OVC most likely will implode. And now you're looking at the Southland has basically imploded and you're going to find that uh, we're going to see a different realignment of conferences. And I do think this is just my opinion. I do think we're headed to four, 20 league conferences eventually. And I think you're going to have, instead of a power five, I think you're going to have four major conferences and you may end up having five, but right now there's 65 teams that are represented in the power five conferences. I don't see that number growing uh, exponentially, but I do see an opportunity maybe for that thing to go down uh, or go to 80. So I could see it being at a 64 or an 80 really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would definitely help some of the issues as far as like, you know, I mean, Drake barely got in last year and they, and they, uh, they put up a fight in, in both games. Obviously, they, they won their, their playing yeah, game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Coach, I got to tell you while you're on, uh, back to that, it's the Valley Scott video. Anytime uh, one of my friends or someone I've worked out with from home gets, a, gets an offer from the Valley, I send them that immediately. <laughs> um, and immediately they have questions about you, and you know I, I share with them. But uh, I just just have to let you know that. And I guess like on that subject, like you know, um, you spent what uh, sixteen years in, in the valley. Like like, uh, what are some of your favorite memories, or like what did you see like change in the atmosphere and, and like the level of play, um, you know, between your terms at Missouri State and SIU? Well, Missouri State's a little bit easier to talk about because it, when I was at Missouri State, the league was as powerful and as good as it's ever been. And you talk about great memories. I can remember uh, literally walking out of the tunnel at the uh, Missouri Valley Conference and 23,000 people, the upper level. I mean, it's just sold out. And the hair on the back of your neck would stand up because it was just unbelievable and every time you'd get a stop there'd be a yell every time you'd get a score there'd be a yell times two and then if you were the underdog everybody kind of collected and rooted for the underdog so in all honesty uh, the valley tournament when i was at missouri state was absolutely one of the best tournaments in the country and if i'm not mistaken it was the third best attended tournament at that time and it was only done the big east and the acc were the only tournaments that were actually had more people at that time because when you thought start throwing out numbers like twenty three thousand, then you're looking at venues when the sec went to the domes then it, it changed a little bit but we you know the sprint center was at eighteen thousand for the big 12 reunion arena was at that uh, uh was over twenty three thousand. so that's one of my greatest memories uh 
Well, the Valley Tournament, we were down 21 times to Southern Illinois, came back and took the lead with 19 seconds in the game and won it. Uh, I've been fortunate to play in three championship games. Those are always fun. Uh, <clears throat> one of my greatest memories and one of my hardest things was we got beaten double overtime uh, by Northern Iowa in the championship game to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we had a blockout, uh, a, a blockout call on Tamar Macklin's butt, and we hit a three uh, that would have basically, we're going to win the game, and they call a foul on Tamar Macklin's butt, and which that's, if you knew Tamar Macklin, it was probably double the size of Cam's, and there could be great opportunities to call a foul on his butt, but that's probably uh, uh, one of the memories, and of course, you talk about all the venues in which we played, you talk about, you go to Northern Iowa, and you got a bunch of these guys wearing hayseed hats and striped overalls. Some guys not even wearing a T-shirt under. They're woolier than a, a bear or a Sasquatch out there, and they're on your ass from start to finish. You go to Bradley, and the, not only have the fans been drinking, the band's been drinking, yeah, and they're they on. Got a motorcycle. They got a oh, no question. They got a oh, You're going to sit there and die of the combustion exhaust, and and then they've got <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the the sock, you know the. The hockey floor is right underneath, so your feet are frostbitten from the moment you start the game till the end. You go into Wichita State, and those people they don't they don't care who you are, what you are, and they have no they have no vocabulary that's off limit there at Coke Arena. Uh, you know, at least you had Sister Jean that would at least say the prayer and pray for the home team when we were at Loyola. Uh, you go into Indiana State, you know, home of Larry Bird and. You know, that was a, a, a unique arena to play in. You go to Evansville where the Purple Aces, and, and that was a great arena. Valpo was, you know, the thing about Valpo, we felt like we were playing in a high school gym, and they just kicked your ass and uh, made you feel like you're in a high school gym. And, uh, you know, Missouri State, for me, when I was at Southern, you go back to a place that fired your ass, well, hell, that was a different trip. So uh, and, uh, you had mixed emotions there. And, of course, in the day, Southern Illinois – uh, when they were making all their runs, that's a, that was one of the toughest venues that you could ever possibly play in. And of course, Redburn Arena, Illinois State. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough place to play. And it was, in all honesty, probably Illinois State was my favorite arena to play in because I just always looked up at that area. You know, I said we're playing under the big top here because it always reminded me of a circus. Right. And, uh, yeah. But you know, all those venues, and of course, we played at uh, when we played at Creighton. It went from the the convention center downtown to about six thousand. So all of a sudden, you're playing in front of seventeen thousand. Yeah. And uh, I'll leave you with one great memory. I'm not leave you, but I'll, I'll leave this story or this question. My wife, we beat Creighton. Um, Here we go. We beat Creighton in the big arena, and uh, uh, on ESPN TV. And Blake Ahern was playing for us. It was a great game, and. It was just, and as always, after every game, I would get on the bus and call my wife and just, you know, what do you think, all this stuff. And I got on the phone. And I said, God, hell of a win. Just a hell of a win, man. That's a big-time win. And uh, she goes, yeah, but it's not near as funny as that poster. And I go, what poster? What are you talking about? She said, there was a guy behind your bench that kept holding up a poster that says, with a guy sticking his hand out, they said, you have to be this tall to coach in the Missouri Valley. <laughs> so, you know, typical my wife. She doesn't have any clue about what we whether we want or not. She just liked that poster. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's one of my greatest memories. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had fun. I had fun with all the crowds 
wherever I went, uh, I always really appreciated the national anthem. If I found somebody that sang that thing good or the band that played it well, I'd always tell them and let them know. And uh, that was a big deal to me. Uh, we were huge on that deal. Uh, we had people come in and talk about why you don't have your hand over your heart. And uh, we always tried to handle that early on in the season and talk about that, not as a moment of protest, but as a moment of celebration of our country and our freedom. Yeah, so, so your time in Southern, um, how many times did you eat at the Giant City Lodge? You know what, Cam? I ate there, as, as you could tell by my attire. When I first got to Southern, I was a felt-looking, nice young man. By the time I left Southern, I was on the verge of being a sumo wrestler. So uh, I ate at the Lodge a lot. They do a phenomenal oh, job. Man. We know you guys loved it. But, hey, I'm telling you, boys, if you just like good old-fashioned fried chicken and all the fixings, there's just no better place. There's no better place. Hey, Coach, I don't know if you're aware, uh, that that last game we, we played you down there, uh, the night before our bus broke down. In the woods. Oh, no, got stuck in a ditch. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, next Yeah, so we, we got stuck in a ditch, and we called the lodge, and the waiters and waitresses came and picked us up from from the bus and took us. Took yeah, us. they told me that. The, 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 the pre-story to that is uh, uh, three hours before you got out there, I was out there with a water hose, and I was soaking that side of the road as hard as I could. So I'd been out there for two or three hours, put that water in that ditch. So there was a prequel to that story as well. <laughs> you, you, so you knew we went to the lodge before we oh, came? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody knows what everybody does. Yeah, I always in that place on us then, huh? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh, best peach cobbler ever. Man, I would... Coach, coach would have to watch me. It's not necessarily the best, you know, night before a game meal. You know, it's pretty heavy, but yeah, coach, coach would, coach would always kind of look over my way a little bit, make sure I wasn't <laughs> a couple of peach cobblers. But man, that food, that food was so good. Nothing wrong with that, big fella. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, I think we're good, Coach. I mean, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, you know, we. Uh, we promote that we're a huge pro Valley podcast and there's no one else that we'd rather have, have on to promote that. So, so thank you. That. Yeah. And, and, and good luck this year. We'll definitely check in with you. So, so thank I appreciate you. It. you know what guys, you know, what's great about this is I didn't coach either one of you guys. And when we talk about, when I say it's the Valley, Scott, gentlemen, this is the Valley. And I run into players all the time, wherever I go wherever I've coached against them, been in their venue, or the coaches that I've coached against in the Valley. It is a family. It is a brotherhood. It is the best mid-major conference in the United States of America. Yes, and I'm telling you, it's special. And one of the reasons it's special is because of young men like you and the coaches that we've been able to have go in and out of there. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. Uh, Big fellow, you bring me back some Belgian waffles, yeah. and I need some Giordano's pizza. So you guys have a great day. I All appreciate right. I love you. And you know what? You guys are going to be a success no matter what. Appreciate you. Thank you, All Coach. All right. class. Thank you. See yep. you guys. See ya. Yeah, thank you. I don't know how to turn this off, but I'll try. <laughs>
finishes the episode. Thank you to Coach Henson for a great interview. Um, you know, not a lot of mailbag questions this week just because the, the interview with Coach went long. And quite honestly, we didn't have any questions. So, so, uh, to be frank with you, we actually had no questions. Uh, so ask your questions for next week. I'll post on my story again with, with the questions. I think that seems to help. So um, next week we'll, we'll get a good mailbag in. Yeah, that, again, that was great with Coach Henson. Thanks, Tim, for coming on. And, uh, Cret, good luck tomorrow, or I guess when people are listening to this today. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll see you post Aaron Rodgers. All right. All right. See ya. See you, buddy. Go Bears. Go Blurs. Go Blurs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.